Loving God, we invite your spirit to be strong here tonight. We invite your spirit to speak to us. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of that Holy Spirit that we would receive from you whatever you have for us, that during the course of this evening, you be the preacher and you speak to the hearts of everyone here. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. This week I've had a cold. And, and Jack knows that. I was in the prayer meeting on Monday sniffling through that. And um, I, we did communion at Royal Oaks on Monday. And I didn't touch the bread or juice. I had someone else to do that. So when we get to communion time, I have assignment. Um, Jim and Judy, will you help with communion tonight? And Larry and Marty, you help on this side. Mary, you come and do my job up here, okay? But I know how to pick sick days. I'm good at this. When I was in the sixth grade, I think I was in the sixth grade. I may have shared this story with you. Um, I grew up in, in Southern California, and I was a big Dodger fan. I got sick at school, one of those embarrassing days when I threw up on the sidewalk and, and uh, fortunately it was when the kids were in class and not everybody saw, but I was humiliated and they sent me home. And I went home and I was there with my mother and I was just feeling miserable and I turned on the television just to see what was on. And you know what was on? The seventh game of the World Series. And the Dodgers were playing the Minnesota Twins. And Sandy Koufax was pitching on two or three days rest. And the Dodgers won. I think it was two to nothing. It was like the best game to watch. And people thought maybe I had done that on purpose. I didn't. I just, I went home and I enjoyed that baseball game. I'll never forget it. I think I shared with you that in one of the churches I served, uh, one of my best friends in that church was a fellow my exact same age, and he was in the same grade I was growing up in Minneapolis. And we've shared how that day was the saddest day for him, and for me, it was a great day. Um, So, this week, I, was, I decided to stay home from church because sniffling around here makes everybody uneasy. And Bev told me to go home, so I did. And it was December 7th. And I turned on television to the classic channel. And I watched Pearl Harbor movies all day long. I saw they were expendable with John Wayne. I saw Torah, Torah, Torah. I saw Air Force. And I saw different angles of the Pearl Harbor attack in each of these films. And for me, it was a time of reflecting and remembering what my parents shared with us when we were growing up. Because every December 7th, my mom mom and dad, who are now deceased, but every December 7th, they would say, Today is December 7th. We remember Pearl Harbor. 
And, and hearing that growing up, it didn't mean a lot to me other than somehow I could tell it meant a lot to them. And, and on this December 7th, watching all those movies, I came to understand what my mom and dad had felt and what they had experienced. And I remember my mom talking about the boys from school going off to war. And in, in my high school, uh, where I grew up, uh, every, the small town in California, everybody goes to one high school. And there were plaques on, in the hallway uh, listing the names of all the boys from that school who were killed in World War II. And up there also is the name of my uncle that I never knew, my mother's brother who was killed during World War II. And so for me, watching the movies this time, um, with that in mind, I came to understand that, that as I watched the film, it wasn't just a war movie. As I saw sailors being shot and people dying and planes crashing, and I, I thought, these were people the ages of my parents. And, and these young men were people who uh, were in school uh, with my parents. And, and I thought about a lot of things, because the, the films tell a lot of the story, a lot of the story you don't know. Um, but a lot of what was communicated is, is uh, communications that didn't get forwarded. Um, messages that people didn't take seriously, uh, radar and so forth, that they, they saw images of planes coming in and, and officers saying, oh, that can't be, so they were ignored. And it's a story about a country that was not prepared that day for what it experienced. And it's a story about a country that had to um, resolve to respond, though set back in their ability to do that. I, I couldn't help after that day that when I did come back to work um, to share with a couple people who were around the church and just ask them some of their impressions and, and what they experienced. And, and, and some of what I didn't know uh, were things like, uh, we weren't always so sure we were going to win that war. You know, growing up later and watching the movies, and it, there, there's always a sense that the United States was always in control. And I remember my mom saying, we didn't know what the outcome of that conflict would be. And I thought, what a scary thought. What a scary thought. And also, in one of the conversations I had here at the church, someone shared with me that we as a country had to regroup, that the, the production of cars stopped, and things that I didn't know, that you can't find cars, certain makes and models from 41, 42, 43, those cars don't exist, because they quit making cars, and they made airplanes and tanks and prepared for war. 
I think about that generation that experienced that and rallied as a country um, to defend and protect and stand up for freedom and liberty and justice. One of the things in one of the movies was that on that Sunday morning, it may have been Torah, 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 there was a military chaplain conducting worship services prior to the Japanese planes arriving. And the military chaplain said, today is the third Sunday of Advent. We light the candle of joy. And it was shortly after that that the sirens went off and all the military personnel had to run away and, and the, the chaplain simply said, battle stations, everybody, God bless you. God bless you. And then they went off and we don't know, don't know how many, how many from uh, the worship services survived that day. But th this was a story about being caught unprepared and then responding. And, and I share this with you because, because it was significant for me that day to get caught up with what my mom and dad experienced. It was significant for me to also understand many of you a little bit better who experienced um, those years and those experiences. I, I marvel at um, when I find out of people in the church and some of the roles they played during that conflict. Um, y y we prayed for, for Ruth Pappas and, and thinking about Chris, who was a uh, machine gunner on the Queen Mary. And I never knew the Queen Mary had machine guns on it. Uh, but during the war, it did. Um, and, and some of those stories that, that I, I learn and then appreciate um, the sacrifices that others have made. For, for me, this fits into, into our reflection on Advent and the understanding that God calls us. And many times we are not prepared for what God calls us to do. Like a country that had to choose to respond, we as individuals, as people of faith, have to choose when God calls us. I think about Mary. And in our um, Andrew message that is going out tomorrow for, to all our people who are, are shut in and cannot be in church, we have a message about Advent and, and the message about Mary and a message on about the third Sunday of Advent. And, and in that message, I share about a, a preacher who, in trying to understand the Advent uh, story and the story of the angel and Mary, put himself into the place of the angel Gabriel. And he thought, what if I were the angel Gabriel? And I was given the task of sharing with Mary that she was going to become pregnant and to carry the Messiah and, and to give birth 
to the one who will bring salvation to the world. And so Frederick Buechner in his, in his sermon reflects that when he put himself into that character and thought about it, he thought, what must it have been like to be the angel Gabriel and coming with this so very important message to this young girl? There's Mary. She's a kid. She's a young girl uh, betrothed to Joseph. And the message was, you will be the, the, most, the beloved of, of women. You will be the one honored. You will be the one whom the Holy Spirit would come upon. And you will be the one that will carry the Christ child. And you will be the one. And in that telling, Frederick Buechner says if he were the angel, he would be thinking, oh my goodness, she's too young. How can she carry that burden of responsibility? How can Mary accept this news? Mary was a young woman about to be married with her own dreams and aspirations. Like any young woman who is uh, about to be married, she must have been full of her own dreams. What would be life like with Joseph? And, and, and are we going to have children? And where will we live? And what will life be like? And I wonder what the future brings. And the angel comes with a message saying to her, God has something more for you to do. And I think that's the message for us today that God comes to us for all of us can be content in our lives and we can choose to live lives where we don't risk. But God comes to us and says, I have something for you to do. I have more for you to do. When I was in seminary, my roommate was a very bright student from Kansas. Uh, his dad was a United Methodist preacher. And he had difficulty with the idea of God's call upon his life. He was there in seminary, maybe because parents wanted him to be there, or his church, or he was a bright young man. And, and he finally said to me one day, I can't do this. I can't give my life to Christ, I need to have control over my life. And he um, then explored medicine, became an EMT, and then, very sharp guy, he made plans to go to medical school. And then he thought, I can't do that. There's even less control of my life if I'm a doctor. So he eventually went to law school. And today, he's a lawyer and still struggling with whether or not he could trust God to be in control. He shared with me that he ran track as a high school athlete, and his coach said, go ahead as you run, just go all out. And he said, I never could go all out because I always needed to be in control. If I went all out, I wasn't in control. And I didn't want to push my body more than what I felt I controlled. 
And that has been his struggle. We've had conversation over the years, and, and he finally has come full circle. And as a lawyer, he's doing things now to, to serve the church and as he still deals with that. But Mary could have said no. She could have said no, and she could have said no. I, I have my plans. I have my dreams. But she didn't. What did she say? Our first reader is, who's going to read? Maybe me, if no one wants to. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. And, and on and on. I, I've read this passage a couple times this season because it reminds us of what happens when we say yes to God. It's an amazing story. Mary heard from the angel Gabriel. She ran to her cousin Elizabeth. Who, who she and Zechariah had also heard from an angel that, that Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist. And, and Mary runs to Elizabeth, and, when, and both realizing that God is doing these marvelous things in their lives, when, when Elizabeth hears Mary, the baby inside her, John, jumps for joy and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the story goes on about John who faithfully prepares the way for Jesus, for, for Mary who gives birth to Jesus. And, and as he grows up, she just marvels at all the things in, in his life. And we see a plan and a purpose for the salvation of the world. God calls us in the same way. And sometimes in little things. And sometimes the ideas that God gives us needs time to, to develop. I think it's really a God-given thing that when a woman is pregnant, that it takes nine months for the baby to develop because I think it takes that much time for parents to get their heads around the fact that they will be parents of, of a baby. In the same way, many times, ideas are conceived in our head. Ideas are conceived and then give birth to action. And sometimes the best, the ministries and outreach and things we do uh, have begun with ideas conceived by God in our hearts and our minds that we follow through. There are other times when the Spirit of God calls us and says, I need you to act and I need you to act today. I need you to call somebody. I need you to visit somebody. I need you to respond and check on somebody who has a need. And I need you to do it today. 
we as God's people on a daily basis have the opportunity to respond. The angel Gabriel came to Mary, came to Elizabeth. The Spirit of God comes to us in the same way. This is the season of Advent where we are preparing our hearts for truly celebrating the birth of Jesus. But in that, there's also preparation that we, like these two pregnant women, have thoughts and the Spirit of God within us, giving us ideas and callings and, and purpose for our lives and things for us to do, that those thoughts will be de developed, we will think about them, pray about them, and, and to know that God will then birth new, uh, new ways of being in ministry to one another. This is a wonderful time of year. It's a season of joy. It's a season of peace. It's a season of understanding God's purpose and plan for us. We live in a world that's not always easy. There are painful and difficult parts of our life, like in our history on, on December 7th in Pearl Harbor. But we also come to understand that joy means it's not just a temporary happiness, that joy is God's presence with us during the low times as well as during the wonderful and high times. Joy is not happiness that's up and down. Joy is steady, God with us. And the season is simply that, Emmanuel. God with us. Joy, peace, steady with a purpose. Amen. 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 I would like to invite those who are helping with communion. Let me share this.